0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate your tuning in today to watch our telecast. I hope that you'll stay tuned for the next little while as we discuss this topic, Be Committed, to a plea. We hear lots of pleas being made today from various places, various quarters. But we want to talk about a plea to which we ought to be committed today. Be committed to a plea. Now for the benefit of those who may be watching today for the very first time, we'd like to make mention of the free Bible correspondence course that we offer on getting to know your Bible that you might know more about the course, and that you might know how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll free one
1: 711 I'm going to be reading now from 1 Peter the 4th chapter beginning in verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another with good as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, Let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The distinctive plea of the church of Christ is to go back to the Bible. To, to speak where the Bible speaks and to remain silent where the Bible is silent. To adhere strictly to the Bible. Second John verse 9 says that Whosoever goeth onward and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. You you see, we must abide or be uh, aligned with or follow the teaching of Jesus Christ. And so our plea is to do that, to go back to the Bible. And whatever the Bible tells us to do, let's just do that. If the Bible is silent on a subject, well, then let's not get ourselves in trouble with the Lord by trying to do things that He has not authorized us to do. In the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 8 and verse 20, the, the prophet said, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. When we fail to speak as God speaks, when we fail to uh, adhere to the word of God, it, it can put us into some serious, serious trouble. So going back to the Bible is our plea. And I would urge you to be committed to that plea, to go back to the Bible. Just suppose that you were out in the woods, you maybe you were hunting and I'm sure that we have some that are watching the telecast that hunt, and I have learned that even uh, some of the ladies like to get out in the woods, and they like to hunt as well. And suppose that you come upon a stream of water, and that stream of water looks so beautiful to you, and you think, well, it looks good enough to drink. I'm, I'm thirsty, so I'm going to just get down and get me a handful of that water and cup it in my hand and get me something to drink. But when you do, the water is bitter. And you can't understand how something that it looks so good could be so bitter. And so you began to go upstream. And when you go upstream, you find that there are some little side streams that are coming into the little place where you've been drinking and those side streams are bringing into it water that is dirty and brackish. And this is the reason that when you drink of the stream that it is bitter to the taste. So you keep going upstream beyond those side streams that come into it, and there you find the fountain head of the stream itself. You find the source of the stream. And when you drink of the water there, it is sweet to the taste. It's some of the best water you think that you've ever put in your mouth. What you had to do was to go all the way back Beyond the side streams that muddled the water, that muddied the water, that caused it to not be good to drink, and you had to go back to the source. Today, in the religious world, men have muddied the water. They have muddied the water with their teachings, with their traditions, with their doctrines, with their opinions, with their think sos, with their experiences if we would have pure, simple, New Testament Christianity in the world today, we've got to go back to the source. We've got to go back behind all of those things that have muddied the water. We've got to get back to the fountainhead. And when we do, there we will find pure, simple, New Testament Christianity. Our plea is to go all the way back to the Bible and to do Bible things in Bible ways, to call Bible things by Bible names. Well, someone says, but but Billy, I can not understand something. Why Why would the churches of Christ want to make a plea like that? Well, one of the reasons that we would want to make that plea is that man is always prone to depart from God. That, that's been the case since Adam and Eve when the Garden of Eden, man's had has been prone to depart from God. Paul wrote about that type of thing happening in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. So men can depart from the faith. Another reason that we would make this plea of going back to the Bible is because of the danger of people drifting away from the Bible. Uh, That's the reason we read in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1 that uh, these Hebrew Christians were were exhorted, take heed to the things you have heard, lest at any time you drift away from them there was the danger of drifting away from them. And we have that same danger today, the danger of drifting away from what God says. Now, a third reason I would suggest to you that we make that plea is because man needs guidance. Man needs some guidance, and and man is incapable of guiding himself. A passage that is frequently used by preachers is Jeremiah ten twenty three, And it may be used frequently, but I, I fear sometimes we don't take it very seriously. O oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Now, he said that it is not in man that walks to direct his steps. In other words, a man is incapable of guiding himself. I think that we can see the end result of people guiding themselves in America. That many people have relegated God to the background of their lives. Many of them have completely eliminated God from their lives. We need to put God in the foreground of our lives. And we need to depend up on Him for guidance. Well, how does God guide us? God is not guiding us today through dreams and through visions that some people allege uh, and that they have had. And this is God guiding them. I heard a man speaking just last night on the television, and he said, now, I'm telling you what God told me to tell you. God told me to tell you this. Well, what he told the people on the television and what I heard, I can assure you, is not in the Bible. It is not in the Bible. And yet he asserted that God told him that. Well, he hasn't told anyone else that. He's the only one in the whole world that received that message from God. You see, man just doesn't get guidance that way. Our guidance comes from the revealed Word of God. Be afraid of the man who says, God told me thus and so, if it's not in the Bible. I would not want to follow an individual like that because he will lead you astray. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 119, Verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Those two expressions are parallel. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Talking there about actually the same thing. That it is the Bible that furnishes us light or guidance for our lives. We need a chart. We need a compass. We need a map. We need a GPS, as it were. Maybe you have one of those in your automobile. And I travel with mine when I'm out making trips to preach the gospel. And it has saved me a lot of problems. But there is one that will take you to heaven. And that guidance is called the Word of God. So we preach the Bible and we encourage people to go back to the Bible because we need the guidance we receive from it. Well, someone says, well, well, Brother Lambert, when, when you say that the churches of Christ are, are pleading for people to go back to the Bible, well, what, what does that really mean? What do you mean by that? Well, let me suggest some things that should be meant when we say that. First of all, it means that we accept the Bible as being the inspired Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16. So when I say I'm going back to the Bible, that suggests that I I understand and that I believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Furthermore, when I say go back to the Bible, I should mean that I accept it as the source of my faith. Faith is not a miracle. It is not something that you receive in some better felt than told way or experience. Faith comes as a result of my exposure to the Bible, to the Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. So when I talk about going back to the, to the Bible, I, I mean that I understand that this is where I get my faith from studying the Bible. Furthermore, when we talk about going back to the Bible, we understand that we are to speak the language of heaven. 1 Peter 4 and 11 says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God, as the oracles of God. Recently, I published a book of sermons and uh, gave a copy of that to a friend, a friend who is of some other religious persuasion other than the church of Christ. And he called me and he said, you know, Brother Lambert, he said, this is the first time that I've ever seen anyone give a Bible verse for everything, to back up everything that he had to say. Well, if I can't back it up with the Bible, I shouldn't say it. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Now, to go back to the Bible also means that that I understand that a failure to do that is going to result in darkness. I I, I made an allusion to a passage just a moment ago from Isaiah the 8th chapter and in verse number 20. And he says, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because There is no light in them. When you remove the Bible from your life, it brings darkness. When you remove the Bible from your home, it brings darkness, spiritual darkness. When you remove the Bible from the schoolhouse, it brings spiritual darkness. When you remove the Bible from the public arena it brings spiritual darkness. When you remove the Bible from a nation it brings spiritual darkness. Friend of mine uh, goes on mission trips to the Ukraine and recently he made a trip to the Ukraine came back and he and I were talking And there, in the public schools, they're begging for Bibles. They want the Bible to be read in the schools. And he's trying to raise money for Bibles to put in the schools in the Ukraine. And I thought how strange. They're begging for Bibles to be put in the public school. And we have people in America who beg to have it taken out. Is it any wonder then, when you remove the source of spiritual light, that we began to have such darkness in places where the light once was? And I plead with you to respect the Bible. When I talk about going back to the Bible, I I understand that the Bible is a source of light and a refusal to be guided by it will plunge one into moral and spiritual darkness. Furthermore, when we make this plea to go back to the Bible, that, that suggests that I see where we err religiously. It helps me to understand that. In Matthew 22 and verse 29, Jesus said, You do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You see, when, when we are uninformed about what God wants, that's when we get off track. So we're making the plea to let's go back to the Bible. Let's speak where it speaks. Let's be silent where it's silent. But you know when I make that plea, that puts a great deal of responsibility on me because that causes me to see that I ought to do where the Bible says do. I'm not just to read it. I'm not just to look at it with a great deal of curiosity, but I'm to do what it tells me to do. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only. And it's not enough for me just to listen to sermons. It's not enough for me just to read the Bible. I need to be a doer of the word. And if a man is a hearer of the word and he's not a doer of the word, it's going to be rather useless to that individual. But another thing that I mean when I say that we want to go back to the Bible, is that we fully recognize that one day we're going to be judged by it. And in fact, we will be. All people will be. I will be. You will be. All of the important, so-called important people of the world are going to be judged by it. And God is not going to show respect of persons when he judges. John 12 and 48, Christ said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word, hath one that judgeth him, that the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him, when in the last day. I'll be judged by what the Bible teaches. I'll not be judged by what my family did. I'll not be judged by what somebody else has done. I'll not be judged by what other church members did. I'll not be judged by what some a person writing a, a magazine has taught I'll not be judged by some school. I'm not going to be judged by a group of preachers. I'm not going to be judged by my peers. I'm going to be judged by the Lord and by his word. My life must be in harmony with his word because I'll be judged by it. Wouldn't it be a foolish thing if you have a child that's in school, let's say in high school, and, They come home and say, I understand you're having some tests tomorrow. Yes. I have a test in English. So all night long, your your child stays up quite late studying for that examination. And you ask him the next morning, now, do do you think you know it? You studied last night? Oh, yes, I stayed up last night reading my history book. You say, "But, but... but you're having a test in English. Well, well I know, but, but, but I like history better. So I read the history book. But you should have studied I, out of your English book. I, I know, but, but... And then when you get the grade, you understand what a foolish thing your child has done. One of these days, we're going to be judged by the book I hold in my hand the book some of you may have in your hand right now. We'll be judged by the Bible. Those of us living in the Christian age will be judged by according to the gospel. That is the New Testament, the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. We'll be judged by that, what Jesus said, what Jesus taught, what we read in the New Testament. Isn't it a foolish thing, therefore, for men to to take some teaching and some, something that some man has come up with and, and go along with that as though that's law and the gospel. You see, when I say go back to the Bible, I understand that to mean that one day Billy will be judged by this book. That's one of the reasons I want to preach nothing but the Bible. I just want to teach the truth to people. Sometimes the truth we teach, sometimes it it may upset some people. But I want to teach the truth. One reason is because my soul is at stake. Another reason is because the souls of others are at stake. The truth will make you free. Well, if we go back to the Bible, What do you suppose we're going to find? And how do we go back to the Bible? Well, we ought to go back to the Bible to find out what a person should do to be saved. And when we do, we learn that a person is to to hear the gospel because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. They, they, they must believe the gospel. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Then in the very next verse he said, he that believeth, that is, believes the gospel. You must believe the gospel. You must be re- willing to repent. On the day of Pentecost, there were people who inquired, what shall we do? They were now believers. They believed what Peter had preached to them. And they asked, what shall we do? And Peter, the very first thing he said was, repent. And then we need, if we go back to the Bible plan of salvation, we learn that we are to to be baptized. Because after Peter told these people to repent, he told them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Be it far from me to tell you to do anything else other than what I read in this book repent, and be baptized for the remission of your sins. See, when we go back to the Bible, that's what we find. You can listen to men; they come with all kinds of ideas about it. But I want to know, what does God tell me to do? I'm committed. I'm committed to what the Bible says. I'm not curious about the Bible. I'm committed to it. Let us speak where it speaks. Be silent where it's silent. And let's have a thus saith the Lord for what we do, what we say in matters that pertain to our soul's salvation. In other words, if any man speak, let him speak as oracles of God. Friend, if you're not a Christian, may I encourage you to become one in the Bible way. By believing in Jesus, repenting of your sins, as Peter told the people on the day of Pentecost, be baptized for the remission of your sins, as Peter told them on the day of Pentecost, and you'll have the remission of your sins. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Give me the Bible.